5: Oh, what a program. We are off and rolling and appreciate you joining us as Amanda Leprata will join us here momentarily. And a loaded, loaded show. Welcome. And we've got Ryan Callahan at Go balls 24-7 will join us a little bit later in the program. We're going to take your recruiting questions. That'll be a whole lot of fun. And... We'll discuss Tennessee. Too cocky? Perhaps. And also, we'll get Amanda's thoughts on the University of Alabama, Saturday down south doing a piece. Are they really in trouble? But first, let's uh lead it off with Cooper Mays, Tennessee's center, talks about being ranked, being a part of a team that is ascending in the polls, and uh, what Pitt did last week, and what Tennessee can expect moving forward. So a couple of different looks. Here is Cooper Mays. His appearance is brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. That's cityheatandair.com. Here is Cooper Mays, Tennessee center. It, how does this team, team react when somebody makes a mistake? Um, is How important is it to support a teammate when they make a mistake? In particular, I'm thinking of Trayvon Flowers because – uh, Jacob had made mention that he was pretty emotional after the game and was re- so happy to not only pull it out but make a big play. Supporting each other—how important is that?
0: Yeah, um, it's huge. Honestly, I mean, we're all out there on the same team. We're all trying to get the same thing done. Nobody's, no, nobody, I promise you, nobody goes out there on the field and thinks like, "Oh, I'm going to mess this play up" or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you got to have grace. It's a bunch of 19- to 21-year-old kids out there, you know, making full-speed decisions, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way. And let's also remind ourselves that the other team is also on scholarship. Like, they they were recruited as well to, to beat us. You know what I'm saying? Everybody gets beat every few plays, every now and again. It's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then the person you're playing is probably not up to par with who you are. So just keep that in mind, probably. That's what I would say.
5: I would agree with that. I think I think fans of all schools think that their team is good and all other teams are evil. That's, that's, not, that's not really the case. As far as what they did defensively, how different or similar was it to Walt, what Ball State did the week before, who was really just doing their best to keep things in front of them?
0: Yeah, uh, completely different. Pitt, Pitt is one of those teams that I was talking about probably in previous episodes that you know they they like their guys. They like what they do. They know their scheme, and like I said last time, they beat us with it. So you don't really uh you don't fix what's not broke what's not broken. So they they did something completely different. They ran four down, trusted their DBs to to make plays, and that's probably why we threw it a little bit more instead of going to the run. But um yeah, completely different is what I would say. Yep
5: as far as the performance the rest of the guys you you said you watched the tape that um, was there anybody that really stood out that played in, it really well on the offensive line that, that you saw when you watched
0: yeah uh, Darnell Wright had a really good game um, against uh, should have been mainly 87 and um, six I think 87 and six so there we go he had a, he had a good game. Very, very up to par with kind of what I was seeing in fall camp when I said that he was, you know, coming along to be, you know, really elite with his tools and everything. I like to see him go out there and put put things on tape that are good. So, he had a really good game. I'm proud of him.
5: So, So I I stole stole the phrase from from Cooper. Cooper. It's, It's, I am where my feet feet are. are. So, So my feet feet are today planning a football football watch party for an an advertiser for the 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 Florida Florida game. game. (laughs) But – you've got to focus on the Akron, Akron game. Is that, that at all a challenge, challenge when, you, when you have a rival that's two games away on the horizon? horizon. How important is it to be laser-focused on what's ahead? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's, it's as important, important as, as,
0: you know, you think, think it is. It is. I, I think, think if, if you – we just talked about a couple minutes ago, ago when you look at, you know, Marshall and, you know, teams like, like that pulling off big upsets and absolutely – um, well, I, I think, think it's never that you never, never look, look over opponents. Opponent. So this, this week, league, you know, you got to focus on Akron, on Akron and then, you know, you, know, you move, move on, on to the next, next and then you worry about Florida.
5: So pardon me for trying to fit as many possible faces on the screen, me twice, but I got to be honest with you, man. I just like the way that looks. Two of me. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of Dave. <laughs> Uh, We apologize for a little bit of technical issues, but we're all good and uh, up and rolling now. Appreciate Cooper Mays filling time and joining us on our YouTube channel. Please hit that like and subscribe button. We'll have the Cooper Mays will join us each and every Sunday. Jacob Warren as well. And so that's all on our YouTube page. So a lot to get to today as we are up and rolling now, Amanda Prada. Let me start with this. Good morning. Good morning, Amanda. How are you?
1: Good morning, Dave. I am doing well. How are you?
5: Never, never better. Uh, never better. Looking forward to uh, the rest of the week. And we're also going to open the door a little bit to talk some Alabama football, because I read a really interesting column. We focus on Tennessee primarily, but if, if Alabama is in trouble, as matt hayes suggested and we'll discuss that with saturday down south and that's something i think uh, that, that i want to dive into quite frankly so we're going to do that and also we've got uh, ryan callahan as i mentioned at Go govall 24 7 so go ahead and post your questions i saw a carnell tate pop up i saw some other questions go ahead and do that and we will visit with you and ryan callahan about Tennessee football recruiting. A couple of stories on uh, Tennessee's football recruiting on offthehooksports.com right now, and you can check that out. We would love for you to. Let's get to the down and dirty at 840, and it is, uh, let's start with uh, Yankees slugger Aaron Judge before we get to the balls. But First, I want to remind you, that the down and dirty at 8 30 is brought to you by Honey Bee coffee why is honeybee so good amanda it's just good
1: it's just good coffee there, i mean there's nothing more than that i mean it's just really good
5: coffee yep absolutely you can check them out order online it's top five percent of the beans but like amanda says it's just really really good coffee so Amanda working uh, on vacation, which I've begged her not to do. I was like, "This is a burnout sport." You well, now I want her to, work. but I, I was like, "This is a what what we do." She will learn is a burnout sport. So I'm like, when I disappear one day, um, it's going to be really disappear, and the notifications are going to be off. But looks like you got a little sun.
1: A little bit. I didn't get much. Normally, I will burn. Or not burn. I'll burn a little and then I'll tan, but I didn't. I didn't stay outside very much yesterday, so.
5: I, I had a lot uh, of work to do. Yeah, I I I burn twice and then I get better. So, all right. So, uh, Aaron Judge uh, hit his uh, uh, uh just he's just just keeps crushing it and absolutely crushing it. Aaron Judge hit his uh. uh I'll 56 home run of the season. off starter Nick Cabetta in the sixth inning. Then it's 57th off reliever Garrett Whitlock. The reason I'll lead with that is because there's a certain thing I like about Aaron judge and it's a quiet confidence and Tennessee, uh, their football players are anything but quietly confident. And they were pretty outspoken in a good way, I think, but I want your take Amanda, as they met with the media yesterday. So, uh, you had uh, a comment after the pit game, and that was Cedric Tillman saying, "Big time players make big time plays in big situations." And if taken out of context, that sounds in print or looks in print very cocky. However, when when you watch the video, and I included in a story on sports.com, he goes, uh, "Not really." Okay, so let's get. It. And so he was clearly joking. However. Jalen Hyatt said yesterday that he expects Tennessee to have the best offense in the nation. He said that he thinks Tennessee has the best group of receivers in the SEC. Amanda, your take. Too cocky or about right?
1: You never want to put that bullet on your back if you're a player. You never want somebody to come out and prove you wrong. And since you've done that, you're, you're asking for that to happen. Quiet confidence is much better than loud arrogance at any time in any sport. So I just, whether or not he's right, I mean, he could be right, and and he might be right. I mean, I'm looking at other, you know, receiving fours, and Tennessee's right up there with them. But you don't want to call attention to that. You don't want to give players and teams a reason to go after that aspect of your game, especially if it's the best one.
5: Yes. Um, I didn't have a problem with the comment on Saturday when I watched the video. If I'd have read it, I might have thought it was a little bit different. I didn't have a problem with what Jalen Hyatt said yesterday. Uh, Now, that leads me to, it looks like Tennessee's receiver rotation is starting to shrink a little bit. Um, you have, of course, Cedric Tillman. He's going to be the alpha dog, 15 catches, 230 yards, and a touchdown. And then Brew McCoy, credit to Tennessee's football staff with all the offseason mess of getting him ready. Uh, he has seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown in two games. Then you got Jalen Hyatt, who we mentioned kind of sandwiched in the middle. Hyatt has 13 uh, pass receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. All of them have a touchdown. So he was targeted 13 times against Pitt. 13 times. Um, I think there's a little bit of separation there. Jimmy Holiday is UT's fourth leading receiver with four catches for 62 yards. So I think you're seeing that separation. I think if something were to happen to one of those top three, that um, Tennessee has some depth. but. I think those three are probably uh, the the most talented, and you're going to continue uh, to see that unfold as the season goes on. Now, defensively, the Vols had four sacks. We talked a lot about that, but it was more than just that. The pressure was pretty immense, 16 hurries, uh, nine sacks and four tackles for a loss uh, this season. And when I look at Tennessee and what they did, on saturday against pitt it was a lot about tip passes it was a lot about uh what tennessee was able to do not just getting to the quarterback but disrupting that uh offense pit with their defensive front now the key is to do it with just your front four and not have to bring pressure i don't know if, if that's going to happen but we shall see and uh amanda akron is an opportunity to get better. It's also an opportunity for some of those defensive backs that are, are out there that may ascend uh, the depth chart because some guys in front of them aren't great. Uh, it's an opportunity for other receivers to make sure they're a part, I think a squirrel white perhaps, as a guy that could potentially have a, a, a decent game against Akron and the Tennessee's coaches say, hey, he needs to be a part of that three-man rotation. It is an opportunity for those second-tier guys. Now, nobody is going to go from third-tier, Amanda, to suddenly, hey, we're going to roll out a new starter against Florida. But it is an opportunity to work yourself into rotation. And if you don't do it by Akron, you could get lost in the shuffle because things get pretty heavy in just about 10 days.
1: Yeah. um, It's an opportunity for coaches to look at the weaknesses of the past two weeks. And to really focus on those. And then once you focus on the weaknesses, you can look and put players in situations so that you can determine where their skill set is and where they're going to be moving forward. Are they the answer that you need? I don't think necessarily after two games, you're set on who you're bringing out there. I think someone could come out and, and make a big impact and then you could you know, turn around and say, okay, well, this guy seems to be getting it done in the games versus, you know, the way he was playing in practice. So to me, the Akron game is a it's a practice against a very, 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 I don't technically unworthy opponent, but someone you shouldn't struggle with. And it's a way for players to come out and show how they can impact the game and how they can impact the team going forward.
5: Totally, totally agree. Uh, totally agree with that. But if you don't establish yourself by Saturday as a guy that Tennessee can turn through, don't expect to be in the Florida game. And don't even expect to work your way into the shuffle barring injury later in the year. It just happens time and time again. You can get lost in the shuffle. So when it gets to today's tough question, and I I love a man of the death. And we never disagree. Kind of. So, um, but... Because she was very open and honest about it. She does not think today's tough question is a good question. So I'm going to let uh, our... We like to interact a lot with our posters. And we love the fact that we get to your, your comments. We try to provide as much information as possible. So um, I, I want to get your comments, your thoughts on a very... Touchy subject, shall we say, Amanda. So Amanda and I don't uh, don't always agree. She thinks this is a bad idea, but it is today's tough it. question. <laughs> Let's see. And it's brought to you by Pedego Chattanooga, locally owned, where you'll be treated like family, the region's foremost electric bike experts. It is Pedego Chattanooga. You'll have a fantastic time cruising around downtown if that's what you would like to do. And if you want to purchase a bike, remember Pedego, when it comes to e-bikes, has the service there. So they will take care of you. So, let's go ahead and get to it. Today's tough can we
1: can we give them a choice of today's tough question? Can we say, would you rather vote on this or would you rather vote on this, and just see who comes out the winner?
5: Let's let's first see if this is an abject failure. And if I fail, which I have done, and uh, several times in my career, I'm not as bad as the pit reporter who asked. Um, the, I'm sorry, the Akron reporter who, who asked uh, their head coach, Joe Moorhead, hey, uh, what do you think about Tennessee coming off a loss? Uh, they won. Dear God. Did you see that?
0: Yes. Okay. So they,
5: this could be a total abject failure. All right. But I don't think it will be. So Amanda has voiced her opinion. She thinks it's going to be an abject failure. I will ask you today's tough question. Brought to you by Petco.
2: We do our research.
4: Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question: What's the real debate? Are you sipping my super Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda Lafrada.
0: You drinking my sake, Kimosabi?
5: Oh my god! All righty, Amanda. So.
1: I don't know why I'm dancing. I need
5: to stop dancing because I don't support this question. You just cover your eyes for those watching. Um, Okay, so here's where I am. I'm watching the game on Monday night, the NFL game. And I'm watching Russell Wilson get food. And I think to myself, could. Gracious! This guy did everything he could for you, and you're booing him. What the h? And I'm watching that, and like the Seahawks did nothing to support him over the years. See, I mean zero. They they had very few big time offensive players. They wanted to run the football. I still think that Super Bowl in which they didn't run the football. Sticks with him, he would have two Super Bowl victories, which elevates you beyond uh, a whole lot of guys. Two is just a, a, a monumental difference, in my opinion, how you're viewed over history. But anyway, I'm watching him get booed, and I'm thinking to myself, is there any former Tennessee player that you would like to boo? Okay. So, this
1: is why this is a bad question.
5: It may be a bad question, but I I want to get responses from our fantastic audience out there. So, post on the message board. By the way, Orange Blood say, next time, ask Cooper why they don't quarterback sneak. Okay. That's actually a pretty good question. I'll do that, Orange Blood. All right. So, is there a player, and you can tell me if I'm absolutely crazy on the message with a former ball that you would boo. And Tom says, no, never. Tom, am I an idiot? Okay, but there are some guys who have taken more than they've given to Tennessee's program.
0: Arian Foster.
5: Okay. There you go. That is one. Arian Foster, would you boo him? Uh, I thought he was unfairly at times accused of Fumbling too much. As many times times as he touched the ball, he was gonna fumble. They were just at very bad times. Okay, so we already have one. Albert Hainsworth. Daniel says, kill that question. I love
1: Thank
5: it. you. I love Albert Hainsworth. I'm a H- Albert Hainsworth fan. I know he has uh maybe some I don't know, issues. Anger issues, yeah. Um issues. Uh, let's leave it at that. I have Did he get a, a
1: kidney? Sorry, did he get oh, a kidney?
5: He got a kidney. He got okay. a kidney. Awesome. Uh, Crazy says Arian's great. Um, and orange blood says Haynesworth. Yes. Sam says bad question. Okay. Thank I'm, you. I'm gonna throw one out there though, Amanda. That uh, Tennessee fans kept coming to me repeatedly. Repeatedly. I just don't like that guy. He seems aloof. He just doesn't. Antonio? No, before that, he seems aloof. He seems like he's got marbles in his mouth. Didn't matter that he was one of the best road quarterbacks in the history of awesome. Tennessee football. People did not like Casey Clausen over and over and over. I'll give you another one. But uh, by the way, uh, D. Blairo, whatever that means. Uh, it says yes, but Amanda's correct. The question feels very loaded. Lose, lose. It may be loaded, but I really want I want your comments. And I and uh, the other guy that I would bring up that people came to me and didn't like that Clawson. I thought was awesome. I think if you could have another Casey Clawson tomorrow, you'd take uh, just ice water in his veins on the rope. And did he seem aloof? Maybe but I think that's because he realized there was a process in place. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and fans don't like to hear that. Uh, Joe says, Casey Crosson is your favorite player. I love you, Joe, because I do love Casey. Um, Trevor says.
1: This tw- question has, like, backfired.
5: Okay. I have another one. That's fine. I have another one that people. Now, this is not people I would boo or that I didn't think. Bingo, John nailed it. Kelly Washington took, took more than he gave. John, I'm going to, for some odd reason, here in 2023, 2022, st- I think recruiting always. So I was right about the 2023 class last mm-hmm. night. I will do that repeatedly, especially with Ron Callahan at off 24-7. coming up. i break down recruiting. So I got the Kelly Washington thing all the time. I don't like Kelly Washington. He's no good. Let me go ahead and tell you of the, the people that worked the hardest under Johnny Long, the longtime strength and conditioning coach, he told me that uh, Kelly Washington worked as hard or harder than anybody else and was actually in the top three of hardest workers, which included Peyton Manning and I can't remember the third and Kelly Washington. That was at his time. I also will tell you this. Kelly Washington, before the neck injury, if you remember, was called out for pointing to the stands and all that stuff. And what did he do in the LSU game when he had a big game? Because okay, some of the offensive linemen were mad. One offensive lineman came up to me and said, man, we don't even touch the ball. And He's celebrating and he just got here. Well, of course, that was off the record. Uh, so I didn't name him just now. But what did Kelly Washington do? He went around to the future. That was his nickname. They did the big ESPN cover. He went around and patted every single offensive lineman on the helmet. And then the next week, he was injured. Maybe it was two weeks, but in the Georgia game, he hit his head on the turf and was out for the rest of the year. So people thought he just melded in to be a pro. He didn't. It was a serious neck injury, I was told by everybody. And he would have helped his draft stock had he played. I will tell you right now, Joe, that there were at least – Five players on that team that definitely did not reach expectations or were more of an issue as far as the culture and the program in Kelly Washington. I will tell you that, and down from talking to players off the record, that team had a whole lot of issues. Kelly Washington actually was not one. So, anybody else for our faithful out there? Leonard okay. Little. Who?
1: Leonard Little.
5: Well, why would you root against Leonard Little?
1: Didn't he kill someone?
5: He did. That's okay.
1: <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I'm just thinking of why you would root against anybody. <laughs>
5: Things just got really heavy really quick. Um, But, okay, so Sam says uh, he beat Saban, but not in the conference championship. Uh, and I do not know what you're referring to, an orange sea lion said somebody's just trolling. I don't think anybody's trolling. Um, I I think that, yeah, I think there are some players, again, that uh, Tennessee fans, in, in their heart of hearts, would just be like, they would boo if everybody else. I think it's partly a gang mentality. I think you probably said you didn't like him. You probably came up to me at a sports bar somewhere years ago and said, I just don't like that dude. You probably posted on comments, but you didn't say it. Whoa, whoa, whoa John, we're not going there. He's—you uh, said he's or sunk in the end. So what? He was great for Tennessee. So that—that that is not even the direction I'm going. But I do appreciate the comment. So there you go. Okay, um, I have another one. Oh, Gene has one. Tyler Bray. That is a golden one. Gene Wood. Jean would boo Tyler Bray. I told so, you. I don't think there.
1: that it's, yeah, but I don't think it's going in the general, like, sense of, yeah, let's, you know, football's here, and here we are. Which ball would you like to boo the most? <laughs>
5: it's a good, it's a good. I Akron. have
1: another question. I have ahead, another
5: question. It's a good Akron week topic. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Okay. Which team do you think Tennessee has the best chance of beating this season and listing the four out of Florida, LSU, Alabama,
5: Georgia? We got another vote for Casey Clawson, but I I like your question that's going to stick for a while. So let's go with your question for today's tough question, even though I had a little bit of fun here. And in two minutes, just two minutes we will be joined by ryan callahan the recruiting rhino i keep trying to get that nickname to stick it's just not working back in two minutes with a complete recruiting breakdown post your questions and i'm just going to throw them at ryan left and right and we'll talk some ball too tell us about big orange phillies mr boss Ryan Callahan of Go boss 24-7 is going to join us momentarily, and uh, Ryan is awesome to visit with, as always. So we want to see your recruiting questions. We also want to get Ryan's comments and thoughts from uh, the press conference yesterday as we talked cockiness a bit, and is Tennessee too cocky by saying, hey, we want to be the best offense in the nation. We are. The best group of wide receiver in the nation. That was Jalen Hyatt yesterday. I got zero problem with it. I'm just going to be real frank with you. We have another uh, poster that uh, just recently said Jalen Hurd. I booed him for quitting during the South Carolina game. But we're going to move on before um, we get. To
1: that's this. true.
5: Yeah. So there, there are always some of, there are always some of those. Some of those. Um, coming up, Ryan Callahan's. Uh, visit will be brought to you by the Mattress Place. The Mattress Place is right there on Chapman Highway, a couple of miles away from uh, downtown Knoxville. So it's very easy to get to and a fantastic place because it's no gimmicks. We're talking about Marine Corps veteran owned, and it's 30 to 70 percent off each and every day. Go see, CC. Go get a great mattress. Save some money. I need to. I, I think need that, to. I, w- I was thinking the same thing. So I will be seeing Steve soon. So um, Amanda, as as far as cockiness, uh, as far as confidence, that sometimes is a little bit difficult to judge. And that sometimes is something that is innate. And sometimes it's produced or manufactured may not be the right word that I'm shooting for. But I do think that this Tennessee coaching staff wants this offense to be confident. There's a far different approach from that and say, we're going to run the ball down your throat, and that's the way things are going to be. So when you have to score a lot of points to float the boat, and Tennessee's program is built that way, you had better be very confident. And I think Tennessee is confident. I would rather that borderline on cocky than borderline the other way be concerned if you had to, if i had to pick between the two,
1: yeah if you have to pick between the two of course you'd rather have confidence over cocky or not over cock- cockiness but you'd rather have confidence over you know being unsure about where you stand or having any kind of you know issues on what's going on however you'd never want cockiness. You never do. That shows weakness. Cockiness is weakness. Confidence is not, but cockiness is. So whenever people are cocky, it seems to me like they're trying to express, you know, that they're better than they actually are. And that would cause me to have concern if I were a Tennessee head coach. Like confidence all day. Confidence is normally not you're not out there talking. You're not out there saying, we're the best in the nation, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're not out there doing all of that. You're just out there proving it on the field. It's a difference.
5: Agreed. A couple of recruiting notes before we get joined by recruiting rhino, Ryan Callahan, go uh, balls 24-7. Love his coverage. Uh, I think he's as good as there are in the biz um, when it comes to Tennessee football recruiting. Um, very, very, very good. And let's look at some more pretty news from yesterday. Uh, there's this kid named Cam Pringle that you need to know about because he can be a big-time presence. Uh, four-star offensive tackle released his top 10 on Tuesday morning. Um, he is a guy that, well, is just huge. Six-foot-eight and 340 pounds. Thought to be leading towards South Carolina, uh, Pringle's High School, Woodland in Dorchester, South Carolina, is just an hour away. I think I heard you say something as I was looking at the story. Uh, six foot eight, three four. That's a goodness. That's a pretty big dude, right?
1: That's a horse.
5: Yeah, the that's cra- a horse. The crazy thing too is he's in the class of twenty twenty four. So it's a guy that could get even bigger. So uh, Ryan Callahan joins us now with GoWals 24-7. Good morning. The recruiting Rhino joins us. How are you, sir?
4: How's it going? Doing well.
5: Has that nickname – I'm well. Has that nickname stuck at all? Um, it has for you. Um, I can't say that it has anywhere
4: else. But, um, but you, you have been using that for, for a few years now. So I, I admire the persistence.
1: He attaches on something and he goes with it he, against all some, odds.
5: There's something to be said for that. <laughs> there, there is. So I was just talking about Cam Pringle, who's 2024. So, uh, you know, kind of getting down the line a little bit. But I'm curious if, if you see, because a lot of these seeds are planted early. If you already see significant momentum in the 2024 class before I ask you about some 2023 guys.
4: I, I do. I think Tennessee is in good shape with some some guys that they're already uh, recruiting and had been recruiting for a while now. You know that, as you said, you you've, you plant those seeds early and and earlier and earlier these days in the recruiting process. and this staff now, having been there for more than eighteen months, um, having had the ability to host visitors again for more than a year now, they've gotten a lot of these guys on campus already uh, in some cases multiple times. So uh, they are in good shape with some guys. I, I think they, Uh, It's still pretty early, but you know, having two commitments in that class already, including a five star athlete and Jonathan Echols. I think that's a a, a sign of what we're talking about. So they have done a good job, gotten off to a good start with some guys. And uh, this season, I think will give us a better idea of just how far uh, along they are with some of these guys. Do they end up visiting for multiple games and things like that? But those those junior season visits end up being pretty important uh, when it comes to guys who will be making decisions by, say, next summer. Um, this fall will kind of give us a better idea of where they're really looking at
5: and, and which schools they're most serious about. So let me ask you about some guys specifically as I scroll back through, because no question about it. And, uh, yes, John reminded me to smash that like button, uh, smash that subscribe button time. as well. as I always forget to say that, Ryan. It's almost like call letters. I always drop the ball on that. Yeah, it's uh, it you, you got to just kind of
4: keep keep uh, chipping away at it, right? Keep asking people. <laughs>
1: Persistence.
5: So let, let's talk. Uh, you wrote about uh, a, a Tennessee receiver yesterday that is starting to uh, – a Tennessee prospect that is a receiver that is starting to kind of finalize his plans and what he intends to do. If you can just kind of address the receiver position as a whole, where is Tennessee now and where would they like to be?
4: Yeah, they're, they're an interesting spot at that position because you've got uh, at least a few guys in this class who could project to play wide receiver. The the main, uh, the main ones that we, we know are, are kind of projected wide receivers. Nathan Leacock out of North Carolina, who's had a very good start to his senior season uh, just Friday night, had seven catches for 191 yards and five touchdowns all in the first half of his game, uh, a, a blowout win. But um, pretty, pretty impressive uh, start to the season for him. He's shown good speed. Uh, as well, that I think improved on his junior film a bit. So I think he is uh, definitely someone Tennessee's excited about at wide receiver. And then uh, Nate Spillman, an in-state commitment from uh, from Lipscomb Academy at Nashville. So those two guys, definitely wide receivers. The third one's a little bit of a mystery. Uh, four-star athlete Cameron Seldon out of Virginia, uh, a highly ranked prospect that wants to play wide receiver, that Tennessee has recruited as a wide receiver. But because he has a little bit of position versatility, could line up in the backfield, maybe have kind of a multiple role on offense. We don't know exactly how he'll fit in to Tennessee's receiver plans, but because of that, they would like one more receiver in this class at least. And uh, and the the guy you mentioned, Traylon Ray, out of out of Florida, four star prospect in twenty four seven Sports composite rankings. He is uh he is probably the best possibility left on the board for Tennessee right now. But they have some others they're looking at, um, and obviously still kind of kicking tires on some guys. You know, like Carnell Tate, the the uh, the Ohio State commitment that they battled Ohio State for back in the summer Uh, so that there are other possibilities left on the board but I think the best option left that's most realistic for Tennessee right now is Traylon Ray he's taking his official visit to Tennessee uh, next month right now for the Alabama game so that's an important visit and uh, it looks like it will be close to a decision date for him because he wants to do something in October so if they get one more receiver they really like I think they'll feel pretty good about that position but definitely not done there yet.
5: Hit that like and subscribe button. I want to ask about to Mary and Parker, but first, Ryan, tell us how we can follow your work. And um, people need to subscribe if, if, if they if they like recruiting, if they like football, they need to subscribe.
4: Yeah, one dollar for the first month uh, to, to check out the site. And I always say it's uh, if if there's not if there's a better time to sign up than during the season, I don't know what it is. Obviously, this is the the time of year when there's so much going on on the team side and in recruiting. So uh, lots to check out on the site. You can go to goballs 247com to check that out. Uh, $1 for, uh, tries you for the first month. And then uh, follow me on Twitter as well at Ryan Callahan247, although maybe I should switch that to the recruiting rhino.
5: Bang. <laughs> I love
4: that. I, love that. <laughs> yes.
5: I shouldn't encourage it, right? No, yes yeah. you should. <laughs> um, so okay, go back to <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, there the was Well, let me get to Tamarian Park. Penn State – Uh, commitment at one point and now not and just where do you think he stands
4: I I think that's turning into at least for now uh, a little bit of a two-team race between Clemson and Tennessee I think those are the two teams in the best shape Florida still in that one as well and some other teams that might try to be factors with him in the coming months so we'll we'll see how that one shakes out and and I leave that very open-ended because if you followed his, his recruitment at all he, he's had some pretty big swings throughout the process. At one point coming off uh, off a visit to Tennessee in late May, he essentially named Tennessee as leader, went to Florida about a week later, and then he's calling Florida his leader. Two weeks later, he goes to Penn State on an official visit. A few days later, he commits to Penn State. So it, it was sort of just a wild recruitment, and that means you, you can't rule out the same thing happening here down the stretch, uh, especially as he gets closer to signing day. And you never know, especially this year, you know, we'll see how NIL um, changes things. I think this year has the potential to really cause some erratic swings uh, late in the process, depending on how aggressive some of this stuff gets. And and you never know with a player like Parker because of that uh, and because of other factors, frankly, that uh, that, that one could be just a, a wild recruitment down the stretch. But right now, Clemson, I think, is the team that feels pretty good about its chances. He just went there on a visit. They offered, uh, I think, in early August, and uh, and they're uh, already set to host them on an official visit later this fall, too. Tennessee will get an official visit. That one currently set for December, so that one's probably going to go all the way to the end, but Tennessee, I think, knows that and wants a, a late official official visit. And the good news for them is it looks like they will get one of those final official visits, maybe his last in early December, so we'll see how that plays out. But long way to go. I, I just think it's mostly Tennessee and Clemson right
5: now, and we'll see if a, a third series contender emerges from Florida and that the rest of that group. If you have a question for Ron Callahan posted on this message board and I'll get it to him, uh, it sounds pretty valuable. So I want to go ahead and run through as many as we can. Carnell Tate, the receiver.
4: Yeah, I think he is uh, still a possibility you can't write off for Tennessee. You know, I mentioned him in the receiver discussion because there was some smoke here weeks ago that Tennessee was back in the picture or maybe just still in the picture from uh, when he announced his commitment to Ohio State over the summer. Definitely not ready to count out Tennessee, but also not enough smoke there yet to, to really say that it's uh, a situation to watch closely. I just think it's one of those things where keep an eye on it, see if anything develops this fall. But, but right now, he's you know maybe more of an outside possibility for Tennessee. If he gets back to Knoxville at any point for a visit this fall, it, it becomes more serious, pro- you know, possibly pretty quickly. But until that happens, I think you have to kind of view that a, a bit skeptically and say, We'll see if anything comes of it. But it's
5: at least a possibility to keep an eye on. So it was it was Tate that tweeted out a picture of, of him, uh, himself, in a uh, Tennessee jersey. Um, yeah. After the commitment, what, do you, is that just commonplace nowadays? It's been a minute since I've covered recruiting, Ryan. And I hate that saying. I can't believe I just used it been a minute. I'm too old for that. But <laughs> it, it's been a while. Um, so... I mean, do you read anything into that nowadays when somebody does something like that? Or is it just Uh,
4: I, Each one, each situation is different. And Carnell Tate is the type of guy that I don't think you read too much into that because I think he does like to stir up drama a little bit sometimes. And not not to say that he's, you know, just making things up or or, or doing things specifically to draw attention, but I do think he is – as likely as, as anyone that the tennis involved with maybe in this class to just to to put things out there and not not worry if people get um get read too much into it maybe so i, I think he is uh he, he is gonna do things like that he has relationships with tennessee still that are, are likely to cause things like that you know he for instance posted up uh, I think a happy birthday message to a member of Tennessee's recruiting staff, Angelia Brummett, that, uh, that has a good relationship with him. So he you know, posted a picture that day uh, of him posing with her during his photo shoot at Tennessee. So things like that are going to come up. He still talks with guys in Tennessee's class and uh, things like that. So I don't think it's anything that Ohio State is particularly worried about right now, but they're, they're obviously going to keep an eye on that one, knowing what type of player he is and how that recruitment kind of went, because there was definitely a point you know, maybe a few weeks before he committed to Ohio State that Tennessee thought they were in pretty good shape there so it's at least something that Ohio State has to watch and you know I but I I would take a little bit more of a skeptical view of some of those social media posts they don't always mean as much as fans would like them to to, to mean when they see a, a photo like that from a photo shoot on a visit.
5: Yeah uh, and I know we're going to jump into actual football because it is during the season and I'm, I'm, Amanda's got a couple of questions for you but I did want to ask you, Could he be one of those guys at all that kind of gets caught up in the recruiting process, the term I used to use? I remember Jalen Ramsey coming up to me saying, you want to interview me leading into his junior year? And let's say he got caught up in the recruiting process, criticized my stories later on, asked me to take them down. And we all know that he likes him, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Have you had experiences like that? Could Carnell Tate be that type of guy or no?
4: I don't get the sense that it's that it's anything quite like that, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, you you do run into things like that sometimes, but I uh, yeah I I don't I don't think there's anything too out out of the ordinary with with Carnell Tate, and and you and you see that with some guys that they're just they're going to continue to throw things out there even after they've committed, and sometimes it is just to get a rise out of people because they know fans of different teams still follow them, and they they enjoy uh, especially after they commit. You know, sometimes players will revive talks a little bit because they you know things die down after you commit you're not being talked about all the time and so you want to hear your name being uh thrown around a little bit by some some fans of other teams and and just to get yourself maybe back in the headlines a little bit so uh not to say that he'll get caught up in any of that but i I do think sometimes prospects just sort of decide to throw something out there and not worry about if it becomes a big deal because hey people are talking about me it's kind of
5: fun
1: is that I mean is that just complete narcissism I mean <laughs> at its finest I'm just I'm just wondering
5: I can answer yes it is uh, hold just, on let's,
4: let's, let's not get into the psychology of recruiting too much there's a we could we could spend all day huh? <laughs> Yeah
2: there,
1: there's a lot there's a lot to that but yeah talking narcissism and I guess along with that arrogance and you know the difference between arrogance and confidence um The past, I guess, you know, couple of days, Tennessee's wide receivers have been kind of talking in a more of an arrogant type of way to the media, saying that they're the best wide receiving core in the nation and all this other stuff. What do you make of that? Do you think that it's confidence or do you think it's more arrogance or is there holes here that Tennessee fans need to worry about? Just your take on that.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I, I think what, what you're looking at there is just – it is a, a confidence. And I think you – there is a fine line to walk there a little bit in coaching and as a player because uh, you, you have to have, I think, that confidence to be a, a top-level player in the SEC uh, against the type of competition you're going to face in a top conference like that. You, you just have to think you're one of the best players in the country. Uh, and that, that kind of comes with the, with, with the territory. Hendon Hooker is a good example of that. He's one of the nicest – guys you'll ever run into and and humble and appreciative of everything he gets um, but when he when he goes between those lines on Saturdays he doesn't think there's anybody on the field better than him and it's not so much a, a, a cockiness or confidence or arrogance it's just a confidence in his abilities and, and and that's how you have to feel a lot of times so I think I think that's mostly a healthy confidence but uh, I think in, in Tennessee's case all those guys you know have a pretty good head on their shoulders I don't, I don't read into that as too much arrogance but way their offense runs especially the numbers they're going to put up this season uh I think they I think they probably deserve to have a little bit of confidence they're in an offense that's putting up a lot of points and they're the main beneficiaries of that aside from Hendon Hooker so it makes sense but I think you do see that with athletes and that's just kind of something you have to understand is part of the mindset that it takes to go out there and, and dominate on Saturdays yeah
5: or dominate weekdays at eight thirty on our YouTube channel. Hit the like and there you go.
4: <laughs> yeah. Those are the segues you get paid the big bucks for, man. That's, that's, great. <laughs>
5: that's right. I hit that like and subscribe button. That's what we want to see. So a question on our message board, any official visits for the Florida game? I, I would imagine there's one or two.
4: Yeah, there there will definitely be a, a, I think a lot of guys in town for that game. Uh, I, I think Tennessee will at least has it right now a few official visitors. Uh, David Hobbs, a four-star defensive lineman from North Carolina, is uh, is is looking to be in town for that game on an official visit. Uh, you also have uh, um, so a lot of unofficial visits, but the the official visitors I think some possibilities that are out there that you know guys that are committed to other schools. Um, so we'll, we'll see if uh, if some of these come together. But like Wilkie Denard, a four-star defensive lineman from Florida who is is committed to auburn uh, so, some guys like that that are out there but at least a few names that we know of right now that, that are planning official visits to Tennessee for that game so I think that's going to be a big visit weekend and unofficial visits in particular I think will be will be really big for Tennessee um to to see who all they get in because I think that's their star study recruiting weekend of the season uh and, and I think they're, they're expecting that to be a pretty big show so we'll have obviously a lot more on that over the next uh, 10 days or so on go balls 24/ 7.
5: That's right, and I, I, mean, I should ask you about the Akron game. That's fine. You, you, it looks like um, it looks like God is shining down on it's Ryan. something and like that. With the yeah. flare, I think it looks kind of cool. It's getting brighter. Let, let me leave you. You're you're good. Let me leave you with this. Um, there we go. Oh, there he goes. It went away. Yep. Um, and Ryan still doesn't have a wrinkle. Wait till you get a couple years. your uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just hiding them all. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Botox filler guy um ryan do Ak- akron this week uh, is obviously not the same as florida but uh, anybody in in town of significance
4: you know i think we will see some guys in town this weekend it, it's a tricky spot if you're tennessee because you have a night game you want to take full advantage of it but you also have a big game next week that you want guys in for so you don't want to encourage too much of that because not many guys are likely to come in back-to-back weekends so i think you're going to see them ch- kind of channel a lot of that energy toward the florida game and direct guys to visit for that one instead but a night game is not something to to pass up because it does give guys an opportunity to travel in from farther away uh, so in some cases it might be easier for someone to come in from say florida or louisiana somewhere like that for a night game as opposed to uh to a 330 game against florida just because they play on friday nights so i would not be surprised if a few quality guys end up in town for this one but that is the tricky part is if you're if you're pushing for a visit this week you're less likely to get them back in town next week for the Florida game, and that's the, obviously the big game atmosphere. You know, we'll see if they do check or kneeling or anything like that. You want to have that environment on display because that's obviously a day that's sort of a banner day for Tennessee. Regardless of the outcome of the game, it's going to be a fun environment.
5: I say this with zero hesitation. For the most objective, best recruiting coverage, uh, Go Vols 24-7, Ryan Callahan is the man. Thank you for the time, sir
4: i appreciate that dave thanks a lot and uh and and we'll, we'll see if we can get the nickname to stick but
5: um i appreciate you finding a good fight thank you i'm trying ryan callahan cobalt 24 7. i love his success i love that guy i mean i first time i met that guy i was like man he, he's he's a cool dude and i think he he really really gets it. i'm older than him and um yeah but he just talk about knocking it out of the park he he does that on a daily basis and uh, really objective. And there, that's not the case in, in, in all situations. Uh, no, it's not. It's I definitely not the case. leave it at that. So, yeah, you do mount up for the Florida game. That's what you want to do. So are you going to bring kids in for the Akron game? Not nearly as much uh, because they're not going to come on back-to-back weeks.
1: No, but I think there's something to be said in bringing kids to the, you know, a night game in Newland Stadium versus – a day game in neyland stadium because a night game is a completely different atmosphere and although you're not playing a great team in akron you still get the sense of the lights and you know everything lit up and the fans and and how crazy it can be because i've been to many a you know tennessee alabama game i've i for one like 10-year period i went to all of them home and away so the thing about it is is that it is completely just a different vibe for a night versus a day game. The the atmosphere is, is electric in Wheeland Stadium at night. I mean it is. And that's coming from someone who's not, you know, obviously not a homer or, or what have you. There's just a different it's a far more intimidating, in my opinion, to go into Neely Wheeland at night than it is during the day. I think that's something that could benefit Tennessee's recruiting.
5: You know what I like about this coaching staff is the easy way out. If you're bullet head, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, $10, $8 haircut, Brooks Jones.
1: you got to get off those haircuts, man. Leave his haircuts alone.
5: $100 haircut, Derek Dooley. All those dudes. But I like the Tennessee's coaching staff brings dudes in for a Florida game. Because you could manufacture a big weekend this weekend if you wanted to, okay? You could um, say, hey, just come in and uh, you're going to see uh, Tennessee score a bajillion points and they could put up 70 if they wanted to against Akron. But that's not where they are right now, Amanda, as a program, they're willing to say, come in for the Florida game. That's the big time environment. That's the game to be at for that Saturday. And you know what? We believe we can win. That's what they're telling people. So, and they, they might do it. But they're also, they have belief in their system that if they don't win, they don't think one game defines their recruiting. I'm not certain that was the case previously. I felt like there were times that uh, under Tennessee's previous coaching staff, they kind of loaded up on the easy wins as far as a recruiting visit standpoint. And um, just to look good. And that that's not the case. So i tell you what. We're going to come back, and then I'm going to put a Amanda on the spot. So uh, she, she is uh, it's gone to – yeah, there's pressure. Is Alabama in trouble it was a really good column by Matt Hayes, so eyes rolled already.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, also, we've got Messi for Bingo coming up, and it may be trouble. And we've got This Day in Sports History. Today's tough question, can you uh, reset us on that? Where are we, we went with the uh, opponents that Tennessee's most likely to beat instead of the former ball you'd most likely to beat?
1: Um. Yes. One second. I I, would
5: just had for, I actually would hate for if Casey was on that list. I would hate for him to see that. So, Look at you
1: going back on your own question. I am,
5: but that's uh,
1: so sad.
5: All right. So where are we? on now? We'll, we'll get to that right after this. I went ahead and made my vote as far as most likely to I uh, to be now. What I'm seeing is that Florida is at 43%, LSU is at 24%, Kentucky at 24%, Alabama at 8%. So, most likely to beat Florida has the lead. And I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to agree with that. I think, I think, I think I'll address that right after this. Why I think that Tennessee is most likely to beat Florida. That's a good question. I'm going back and forth. I may change my mind, but first two minutes and you need to go to Viles Automotive.
0: Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time I've come to realize it's not about the car, it's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We can go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And As always, we want, we need, and we
3: appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vassy Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Ray and I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct Service Station here in Udawah. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here.
5: So is Tennessee or is Tennessee's recruiting weekend off or not? No, we'll see some uh, question on that. We'll see some action game, but they are loaded up for the game. And I want to discuss Alabama for a second. Is is this the beginning, or in the middle of the decline, or am I way way ahead of myself? And the same could be said for Auburn, so I really like Matt Hayes is Saturday down. Uh, but before we get to that, I'll remind you that School Beer Company is the official craft of beer. So let's get down there, and it is easy to find. And just type in xulzoolbeer.com and you'll be able to find it. And uh, they got a great downtown area with fantastic panoramic views, and um, it's just really an awesome place. For beer. It's worldwide award-winning. It is simply awesome. So police investigating claims that two women were spotted going topless at the Utah game in week two. We must have been excited the Utes won 73-7 over southern Utah. Uh, according to KUTV, two women at the University of Utah football game were topless in the stands on Saturday, wearing little, if anything, above the waist of body paint. University spokesman, Christopher Nelson, told two news Sunday that the women were asked by two female police officers to put on their shirts, and they complied. Uh, One mother attending the game, Malaya Johnson, told KU-TV that it was shocking to see, said, quote, they had a haphazard just kind of sloppily painted on their back We're like, is that all they're wearing? We didn't know, and our first instinct is we have our kids with us, and... Oh my gosh, we have to shield them. How about today's tough question for tomorrow? What stadium are female fans most likely to go topless at?
1: Talladega. That's not a stadium, but that's race.
5: Yeah. That's my like
1: first a- set of boobs I've ever seen. I was seven.
5: Uh, yeah, I saw way more than that in the back of a pickup truck that. Um,
1: very, okay. That's very yeah, awkward.
5: That's, let's continue that's on. That's as far as I'm going, but let's just say that uh yeah, it gets a little wild in, in the infield. Do you want to do that? So reset today's the question for No.
1: <laughs> no, we're not doing okay. that.
5: So mm-hmm. for the record of SEC schools, what would it be? What would be the school?
1: Ooh, I'm
5: I'm gonna go LSU because those people <laughs> those people can't vibe like nobody else.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go LSU just because they I feel like they've grown a grown up around it, especially in like, you know, New Orleans. LSU, it's whatever goes goes. And honestly, they drink so much. They don't even know what they're what sport they're playing. They're just there for it with tiger tails and feathers. Like that's really every time I've ever gone to an LSU game in, you know, Even in uh, other stadiums, it's like the fans come in, and it's just a good time. I mean, they're drinking. It's at 10 o'clock in the morning. They're down in, like, whatever. You can get on Bourbon Street, pretty much. They've got it in their glasses, and they are drunk, drunk, drunk. 2011, Alabama LSU, the game of the century that ended up sucking really bad. (laughs) Those, there were so many drunk LSU fans everywhere. I mean, tiger tails and feathers. That's it.
5: If you're considering going to the LSU game at all, um, just go. Just absolutely go because it is an incredible environment. I hope you have a fantastic. Um, a fantastic time there, and you might not. I mean, I know crazy things can happen, but when you look at that environment, it is unlike any other that I've seen as far as just the party atmosphere. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think Tennessee is absolutely right up there. However, there's something about having a huge camper and a dance floor and eight-foot-tall speakers, and that's not just one fan. That's about 50 fans. Roll out the dance floor like a Beastie Boys video or something like that. You're right
1: there for football. Why are you rolling out a dance
5: floor? I don't know, but it's super cool. It just is super, super cool. I really enjoyed it. Well, I mean, I, I didn't enjoy it. I walked through it to the press box, but um I, I just was impressed. I was blown away. A lot like I, I don't know there, and there's also space around that stadium so you don't have to walk forever. I just just go, just go to the LSU game. It's not a terrible drive or book your flight now. That's one that you need to check off the list. And Tennessee might just win because LSU is a complete dumpster fire at this point. We'll, we'll see if that changes, but right now, If Tennessee playing – curious, Amanda is our uh, local uh, betting expert. If Tennessee was playing LSU instead of Akron on Saturday, what do you think that spread would be?
1: Tennessee probably nine
5: and a half. Wow. Okay. I was going to say five and a half.
1: Depends on where they're playing.
5: Well, they are playing at LSU. So –
1: well, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know if you mean this weekend, as in Tennessee's hosting Akron this weekend, would they be hosting
5: LSU? Right. That's what I was questioning. Gotcha. So if I zoom down my hypothetical lens, uh, yes, if if the LSU game at Baton Rouge was this week, you think Tennessee would be a nine and a half point Um, If it was, it.
1: Did you say at Tennessee this year?
5: don't no, it's at LSU. At
1: LSU. Okay, I'm sorry. If it's at LSU, no, it's six and a half. If it's at Tennessee, it's
5: nine and a half. Yep. That's about where I am, too. Okay, so um, one of the things I'm curious that I wanted to ask our, our boosters, and it, it has to do with another SEC team. We, we stay pretty zoned in on the balls, and that's what we'll continue to do. But there there seems to be this, um, this mindset that's out there that – Alabama, and I keep seeing it over and over, and people ask me about it, that Alabama is descending. Now, if, if they are, then we can discuss that. But what is a fact is, yes, the best days for Alabama are behind them. They're not going to win you know, multiple championships, or well, they might win two or three, but clearly this is the back end of Nick Saban's career. But are they in serious uh, straits right now? Amanda, um, I think that's very much up for debate. Uh, I believe that Alabama has, has changed their approach way back when with Lane Kiffin. It has worked. And now, maybe they've gone too far that way. I don't think that they're committed to, to running the football as much as they had been. Uh, I Questions if you want to go back this year, I'm talking about an overall trend. But this year, I don't think their receivers are nearly as good as last year. Um, Will Anderson did not look like the Will Anderson I expected against Texas. So, I mean, you, you've made no bones about it. Um, you went to Alabama and Tennessee. You're an Alabama fan who, who follows the SEC very closely. But do you think that? ultimately Alabama, from your perspective, and then I want to get the message board and go ahead and post on there and tell me what you think. Hit that like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. As we provide some perspective outside of just Tennessee, is Alabama on the descent? Because if they are, that's huge for Tennessee because that's pretty much been a locked-in loss since Nick Saban's been there. You start the season at 0-1. So if Alabama is descending. If they're going down, it's monstrous, absolutely monstrous for the balls and any other team in the SEC West because they're not going to hire somebody as good as Nick Saban. I don't care who they are. Is Alabama descending significantly, Amanda, after that Texas game? What do you think?
1: I think how many times have we talked about this since the kick six? How many times since 2013? How many times has the media said Alabama's going down? Alabama's going down. Alabama's going down. It, and, and every time it's brought up, it's well, this year is different. Well, this year is different. Well, this year is different. No, it's not. Stop. It's not different until Alabama hits the bottom. And the bottom for Alabama is a 10 and 2 season. Let's not under Nick Saban. That's the bottom. Until that happens consecutively, let's stop this Alabama's going down. Now, as far as this Matt Hayes person, 26 (laughs) days ago, I'm just letting you know.
5: Matt Hayes is a very good writer. Go ahead.
1: Okay, that's fine, but he has very bad takes. 26 days ago, he wrote about how NC State is going to be a college football playoff contender to win it all based on their quarterback.
5: I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, read that uh,
5: article. That to me, that to me is, is pretty surprising. Kind of sticking to Alabama, though. Uh, he he did write that the offensive line is a mess, and I think we would agree with that.
1: Yeah, and- very very well. Like yes, that's that's a mess. But he's also writing about how Alabama has no wide receivers, and negating the fact that two of their top wide receivers are coming back by October first.
5: Well, Ty- a, no, I'm Tyler, sure. Harrell, and JoJo sure. Earl. Right, but that's an but that's an unknown. I mean, how when when they come back, um, you have to reestablish chemistry in the rotation. So that's a bit of an unknown. Um, and then he did point out that the, the Texas defense that played well against Alabama uh, over the weekend. Was 99th in the nation in uh, scoring defense and 114th in rush defense. Also pointed out, if you take away that 81 yard run by Jace McClellan, Alabama rushed for 80 yards and 23 carries. Texas had two sacks and seven hurries, and Young was constantly under duress. Now, mm-hmm. if you look at the Alabama offensive line, they've got a Vanderbilt transfer at the most important position of left tackle Tyler Steen. You got a former tight end, left guard Kendall Randolph. Um, you got a late bloomer, which could mean a guy that's not incredibly talented, and center Darian Dockward, a former five-star recruit, right tackle J.C. Latham, and a fifth-year senior in the middle, equal or. Um, in the past five recruiting classes, Alabama has produced a top ten NFL draft pick, Evan Neal, and three starters five backups on the 2-D depth chart versus Texas from 18 recruits. So four of the 18 recruit, recruits have developed into starters in five classes. So it surprises me that we're even having this conversation. If I'm Alabama fan out there, I am I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned for a couple of reasons. I've heard stronger rumors than ever that Nick Saban is stepping down after this season. And you would like for him, if you're an Alabama fan, to ride off into the sunset with the championship. But based off what I saw against Texas, again, I don't think that happens. And I say that because of the offensive line more than anything. I'm not concerned about the receivers. That'll probably work itself out. Not concerned about Will Anderson. I think he'll be fine.
1: He made two huge plays in that Texas game, and, and they didn't even get it on. He blocked one of their field goals, and they didn't even get that on, on camera. It's the yeah, weirdest thing.
5: I, no, I, no I, well, nobody's like lined up against Alabama. But no, I, I'm
1: not saying that. I'm saying that they didn't get it on camera. I'm not saying that they're trying not to get it on camera. I'm just saying it, it wasn't like played. It wasn't attributed to him, and then – there are other, you know, like shots of it where it's clear that he blocked that field goal. I'm not saying that it was a conspiracy against Alabama. I'm saying that it's just a weird thing that it wasn't talked about that he blocked that field goal. I that just that's strange. just my opinion.
5: Uh, yeah, that is strange. I, um, I go back to the offensive line. I'm not worried about Will Anderson if I'm Alabama fan. I'm not worried about the receivers if I'm Alabama. If I'm an Alabama fan, I am worried about the offensive line. I am very concerned about the offensive line. Uh, can that be fixed in a week or two? Possibly. But fixing an offensive line in the middle of the season is difficult. So, in my mind, tell me if you disagree, there are two possibilities. One, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, the Texas head coach who has been offensive coordinator at Alabama, knows Alabama on what they do up front offensively to the point that he was able to make adjustments, stunts, twist, run away from Will Anderson, blah, 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 do all of that, and they were able to make plays. But the other real possibility is that Alabama has missed on some guys. And I will tell you this from covering recruiting. You get an offer from Alabama, you usually get a star added to your recruiting ranking and I don't blame recruiting analysts for doing that because Nick Saban knows more about talent evaluation than they do. Okay. So I get that, but for a different reason, I saw under Butch Jones because he would call reporters and ask them to add a star to his prospects. I think that their recruiting ranking may be a little bit inflated because the fact that they don't have an offensive line in place Really, really surprised. Me. Those are kind of the two things I see going on. One, it's the Texas game is an aberration because I think if both the receivers last year and suddenly that they, 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 both the guys that got hurt last year, the receivers, for Jameson Alabama,
1: Williams and John Mechie.
5: Yeah. Both those guys, if they don't get hurt, I think Alabama beats Georgia in the championship. Yeah.
1: yeah.
5: I mean, I really believe that. So, but you don't have those guys to lean on it now. You have an offensive line call. So I don't know that that gets fixed. Anytime soon. It,
1: again, I think it's way too early to tell that. We're two weeks in, and you—if this was honestly—if this was any other team—if this was any other team other than Alabama—and let's not let's not kid ourselves. Even I've read some of Matt Hayes, Matt Hayes's work. There has been multiple times that he has called that Alabama is, is declining over a 10 year span. Like you, you can't well, I think a lot of uh,
5: Yeah. And I think a lot of people have said that it, it would be the easy hot take.
1: Exactly. Um, I've, never and,
5: that, and, and I've never said that. And I've never said that. And, but I, I do think that now. Um, I mean, that's fine.
1: But a lot of them, it's a lot of emotion from him writing. It's a lot of Alabama fans who just stop. Nick Saban is, you know, in this article in particular, Nick Saban makes excuses for everything. Really? Nick Saban's the one coach that doesn't make excuses for anything. He calls a spade a spade. He says, we didn't do this right. We didn't do this right. Texas is good here. Texas is good here. We should have done this. It seems a very, very emotionally charged coming from this writer. And when he's had a whole podcast about how everybody hates Alabama and this is because of their fan base and this is why. That to me is red flags everywhere as far as taking somebody's you know viewpoint into it. If you're coming at it objectively, that's a different story. Like what you're saying, you know, that there are holes on the offensive line, there are problems at wide receiver, everyone knows that, but who better to address that than Nick Saban himself. And then when you're also talking about well, recruiting.
5: whoa, well, well, well. to, to address that, you mean publicly? He would be no. of the last person that I would listen to. to address. It. He's not going no. to say we're a hot mess.
1: No, I'm not talking about who better to address that publicly. I'm talking about behind the scenes, the to, X's and O's.
5: To fix it. To fix it,
1: saying. yes. To address the issues that they have and to, to fix those problems. Nick Saban's the best person in the in the game to address any issues and fix any problems when it comes to football because we've seen that happen over and over and over and over, and over again. Hmm. That is, to me, it's very telling when it seems very emotionally charged from a reporter. If you're coming at it objectively, especially when he's talking about recruiting and how Nick Saban's failing at recruiting.
5: Well, I don't know. If, I wouldn't use the word failing. Now, I don't know that he did, but I would – I have questions if their classes have been in overly inflated in the rankings I do do I think that Georgia has out recruited them yes I do over the past three years or so um i I'm not gonna look at the rankings but I, you know, frankly don't care because I know they get um, they can be orchestrated they can be manufactured so I I think there's cause for concern, Um, but anyway, nevertheless, let's go ahead and get to message board bingo. It is our absolute favorite time of the day. If you can beat me, by the way, guys, we I know a lot of people have won shirts. Those have been picked up. They're going out this week, and if you would like to win a shirt, you can beat me at message board bingo, and we can do that right now. So. Message board bingo today brought to you by Allison's Barbecue. They've got all the barbecue supplies you need, and it's right there in Udawah. They've got the awesome, awesome rubs, They've got the sauces. They've got everything. And we get to message board bingo now. Amanda Lepaw.
1: I'm sure most people in here who aren't alumni aren't aware of this, but this school has full contact 11-on-11 intramural football where you play against other dorms. Coaches used to come to games all the time and offer kids walk-on spots. There were some good there were some damn good players out there. I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty there were kids better than this person under center on Sundays playing intramural football. I doubt the wide receivers or running backs would be very competitive, but we had two from my team walk onto the team and eventually play special teams. Got to at least check our talent is horrible and thin on offense.
5: Well, you got me on that one.
1: I think I got, yeah, I think I got everybody on that one.
5: Yeah, I don't know who that is. Who's that?
1: That That's uh, Notre Dame.
5: Uh, Notre Dame? Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they hired a terrible, I mean, they made a terrible hire. He's a fantastic person. That was a bad hire at uh, for the head coaching position. Uh, a crazy Suggested old Miss. Daniel said Missouri. No, those are both wrong. It's Notre Dame and a couple people crazy, including Bama's Bama till they're not. Chris saying uh, Saban uh, as the track record, you just uh, broke a world record great, but your fingers were curled and you could have took two off your time, to be better. I, I think that's exactly right. I think he, he's constantly pushing, so I don't think there's concern there. But it doesn't mean they have the guys up front win another championship all right uh so i'm 0-1 and and that was perhaps the most difficult question on the message board bingo in the history of man here we go
1: history of man bobby will beat us he has minimal talent but he does have speed bobby will come into this city looking for revenge
5: bobby is looking for revenge so that could be a Robert. That could be a Bob. Um
1: what Bobby do you know would want revenge against
5: stop. Give me a hint. Really? Give me
1: a hint. SEC team.
5: S E C team. Going through.
1: All right. I'm going to give you one more hint. I don't want to You it. don't. <laughs> no. If you don't get this, then I'm done. I'm done. Motorcycle.
5: Oh, Petrino?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Where is he playing? Who is he playing against? Who would he want revenge against in the SEC?
5: I have to be honest with you. I haven't thought about Bobby Petrino in like 15 years.
1: Who did he get fired from for the motorcycle incident?
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, he got fired by Louisville. So...
1: Oh wait! I thought he got fired
5: by. It. Did he? Are you sure? Uh, pretty sure. Uh, I thought it was Arkansas. Did uh the motorcycle? It's going back. Um,
1: I thought he got. I thought he got hired by Arkansas, and then they fired him because um, okay. of the motorcycle incident.
5: Okay, uh, I misremembered on that. Yes, it was Arkansas who crashed uh, when he was with Arkansas. So.
1: And he was, like, barely there.
5: Well, they both wear red. I got a little confused there. So, do we have another one before we wrap this up and message board bingo?
1: Yes. Is anybody else thinking we can win the league or just me? We have the best wide receiver core in the country and an improved defense. We can play with anyone with our quarterback.
5: Okay. The middle part again. Let me get that middle part.
1: We have the best wide-receiving core in the country and an improved defense. We can play with anyone with our quarterback.
5: Well, I'm going to say it's Tennessee. It would be very applicable to Tennessee.
1: Anybody else have guessed? Anybody else guess it over there?
5: All right, go ahead and get on board. We're going to give you about five seconds. Daniel says Tennessee, too. Uh, Joe says I'm high for some reason. I'm not high, Joe. I don't know what take he didn't like, but (laughs) Apparently think someone's maybe
1: the
5: L. Yeah, I'm on a uh, thermogenic energy drink. Um I I mean that's so applicable to Tennessee. I would I would uh, I would is it that's Tennessee. Um, okay. All anyway, right, so I got that one. Uh, that's not
1: even a fun one.
5: No, I got it. I'm just happy I got it. That's where I am at this point. I get it correct. Um absolutely so pleased uh, with myself. You don't look
1: pleased with yourself.
5: Well, maybe not. Miles Automotive Group will uh, make sure that you're pleased uh, because they have fantastic integrity, fantastic customer service, great selection of cars there on Callahan Drive. And they also are just awesome when it comes to service. So you can actually go to one car place and know that you're getting a fair deal on a car and you can take it back there and know that the service is what you really need not just somebody saying hey i think we should uh, put a new motor in that thing no that's not files automotive program, so they are fantastic and uh, be sure you get to big orange billies if you haven't yet there in north knoxville maynardville pike it's convenient to uh maynardville it's convenient to north knoxville powell halls Carnes, the whole nine yards and it's just really really awesome so i think you should uh check it out big orange Billies and it's uh, family-friendly, and that's that's key. So everybody that we endorse on Off-Toke Sports and on this very show, we believe in, we do business with, or would if we need their services. So uh, Amanda, this day in sports history, is there anything in particular that stood out for you? I wasn't incredibly blown away by uh, anything in particular particular although I will say on this day in 2013 LeBron James married his longtime girlfriend Savannah Brinson no one cares. And, well here's why I care because LeBron absolutely gets a raw deal here's a dude that gives back to he's given millions millions back to his uh, his hometown he sent a lot of people to a lot of kids to college. And he's not Michael Jordan. That's fine. He can still be one of the greatest players of all time. And, and he's a guy, too, that's never never run a foul off the court. He's never had any issues that I'm aware of. Um, a guy that had a goal in mind from the get. You look at me. What what issue did he have, Amanda? Well,
1: well, first, he, A, talks about all of the horrible things in America while – refusing to acknowledge anything in China and saying that was well, refusing to, to cause anything with that. Then also the whole fake thing that he came out and said somebody like sprayed a, a, a racial slur all over his gate at his apartment, or not apartment, but house in Los Angeles or wherever it was. And that never happened. There were never any pictures, anything. It's just, he stirs up controversy. He's like one of those narcissistic people that has to be on social media and will not shut up.
5: Wow. I don't don't really seem like that at all. I I seem as a guy that's bounced around a lot and people get upset. I seem as a guy that, um, I know the China thing. Yeah. I think you definitely have a a strong beef on, um, but
1: he called for the killing of a police officer on social media. Yeah,
5: that's uh, frowned upon. So, but nevertheless, um, he has done a, I I think gets a bad rap as a whole, because he's, I think a lot of people have done a lot of things wrong. There are a lot of superstars that do a lot worse than that. Chris saying Amanda's a hundred percent correct. So, Wow. I didn't know that uh, LeBron James' wedding would stir up uh, an issue, yeah. but apparently it has. He
1: never apologized. That's the thing. He never came out and apologized to anybody about what he said. Ever. Interesting. Ever. Yes.
5: Certainly. Uh, I want to uh, give a shout out to my friends at City Heating and Air Conditioning. CityHeatandAir.com. They are a an awesome Awesome business partner to work with and we appreciate you. She's Amanda LaPrada. I'm being here. off the hook sports. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: No, I have a this day in sports history.
5: Oh, okay, go for it. What do you got?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, just, okay. Yes, sorry. Like I, and subscribe, by the way.
5: Yes, fair. Um, in
1: 1986, Bo Jackson's. I'm surprised you missed
5: this. Okay.
1: First home run at Royal longest at Royal Stadium ever.
5: Is that the one that went 505 feet or something crazy?
1: 475 feet.
5: Ah, wow. Forgot about Bobby Petrino. Uh, Forgot about Bobby Petrino, and that's why Joe thought I was uh, high, apparently. uh, No,
1: that was Bobby Petrino.
5: Yes, that was the, yes. But I also uh, was only 30 feet off. So that's proof that I'm not high. So, um, yeah, Bo Jackson, man. I, I don't know if we'll – we'll probably never get another one of those where you say that's the greatest athlete I've, I've ever seen in my life and it's not even close, but it would be neat too. Uh, I don't know that we'll ever get that. It's pretty cool. Uh, Orange Blood saying, I think uh, Dave's saying LeBron hasn't been a Tiger Woods, if you know what I mean. Orange, you're exactly right. That is 110% what I'm saying. All right, so – don't forget, it is uh, a good time to go ahead and save money with uh, a Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. We'll get towards the end of the season. We'll uh, have some clearance sales. We want to be sure and promote. So you need to get out there and you can get a fantastic mower at a great price. She's Amanda LaPrada. Prada. I'm Dave Hooker. This is a presentation of Off the, of the Sports.